Welcome to Cultivating Goodness, the podcast where we refuse to settle for who we are by pushing ourselves and lovingly encouraging those around us to become the best we can be. And in this episode, I'm going to be walking through the age-old question that presumably every lady has asked herself at one point or another. Is he the right guy? So while this podcast is primarily being addressed to young ladies, there is a lot that can be gained here from the opposite gender. So if you are a guy, keep on listening. There's a lot you can reap from this as well. As long as your relationship with God is on par, you and the mysterious balance between man's free will and God's sovereign will have the freedom to choose your spouse. If you are pouring into your relationship with Christ and desire nothing besides him, the spirit will be with you in your choice of a life partner. So how do you know which guy is the right one? What should you even be looking for to begin with? Thankfully, the answers are not as ambiguous as sometimes they may seem. It's all about the one who calms your storm. It's your dancing partner, your adventure buddy, your stare at the stars while talking about life and best friend all in one. You will experience something with him you have never experienced before. But do not settle for a guy just because he may be interested in you or because you can see it working out with him. You don't marry someone you can live with. You marry the person you cannot live without. Here are 10 ways to check if he is Mr. Right for you. Number 10, he will be a man, not a boy. A man of God will lead you like Abraham, fight for your love like Jacob, care for you like Boaz, and love you like Christ. The right guy will be a leader who gives when he doesn't have to, cares for others, continuously grows, lives authentically, empowers others, manages hardship, and serves with humility. A boy gives false promises. A man honors his commitments. A boy thinks me. A man thinks us. A boy will blame others. A man accepts responsibility. A boy will live off others. A man will live for others. A boy will rely on himself. A man will rely on God. And you should too. If you've found a good man, he will make you want to be a better woman. And marriage is not about finding your other half. Please hear me out on this. It is never about finding someone to complete you. Each of you, every one of us, should be a complete person, confident in our identity and able to stand on our own two feet. In that case, I do can mean 100 plus 100, which is a lot more powerful than 50-50 anyway. Number nine, check his character. First of all, good looks don't really matter. We're all going to grow old and age and one day lose our youthful appearance, so please do not marry someone primarily because of how they look. Outward appearances will fade, so look below the surface and analyze a potential suitor's character. It'd be better to have a beast who treats you like a princess than a prince who doesn't. Who are his friends? Who's his community? What does he read? What does he watch? What does he listen to? How is his reputation with those who have known him longer than you? If you want to know how a man is going to treat you in a marriage, look at how he treats his mother and how he treats his sisters. See him in multiple contexts and get a holistic general picture of his character, of his reputation. As Proverbs says, a good name is better than gold or silver or something like that. I can't remember the exact thing, but it's, it's better than precious jewels or oils. And don't ignore anything you may find, the good, the bad, or the ugly. 
Think about an iceberg. If you see an inkling of whatever it is in the passing touch and go day to day of interacting with someone at school, at work, at church, there is a whole lot more of that under the surface that will only be magnified if you get married. So number nine, check his character. Number eight, God will be more than him. Imagine a man who talks to God about you, prays to God that he gets to marry you, and who thanks God for you. Imagine a man so focused on God that the only reason he saw you is because he heard God say, that's her. The right guy will seek, worship, and acknowledge God because a real man opens more than the door. He opens his Bible. I like this quote here that says, know this, if he's a guy that God is suggesting as a good choice for you, he is a man who talks to God. He's a man who listens for what God might say back to him, even about the choice of a spouse. He's a man who would be willing to pray about what place you might hold in his life. He is also man enough to be honest with you about how he feels. Wait on the Lord for the one who not only pays attention to you, but is paying attention to what God is telling him when it comes to you. Marry a man who loves Jesus, and not only that, who loves God before he even knows that you exist. A man will only love you well when he knows love himself and regards him, capital H, with deeper affection. A real man does not put a woman first. A real man puts God first because he knows that he has to follow God in order to lead his lady. Next, the right guy will actively pursue you. If a guy is seriously interested in you, you will know. Sometimes it can feel so ambiguous and there can be so much back and forth of does he like me, does he not, does he like me, does he not, and the classic of picking petals off roses. There can be so much confusion about this. But what I've come to learn from my experience is that if somebody is interested in you, you will know. It will be an affection, it will be an attraction that you don't have to question. The right guy will be aware of his intentions and he will make them know. He is not going to leave you wondering whether he's into you or not. To give a couple examples here of what intentional pursuit looks like, 10 examples, one, he will call it a date, not just hanging out or chilling. Two, he will call you first. You will not have to chase him. Three, he will let you know he has taken interest in you. Four, he will be glad to meet your family and vice versa because he has nothing to hide. Five, he will read his Bible, go to church, and follow Christ and not just to impress you. Six, he will embrace your friends. Seven, he will respect your body and won't try to convince you to sin. Eight, he won't be scared of the word marriage. Nine, he'll want to introduce you to his friends. And 10, he knows that he isn't some perfect Christian guy, but a sinner saved by grace. Then, even years after I do, a godly man, the right guy, will never stop pursuing his girl. And then you're looking for a guy who will maintain boundaries. The mark of a man is restraint. If the guy you're interested cannot exercise self-control now, what makes you think that he's going to do that when the two of you are married? When God sends the man you are called to be with, you will know. He will speak to your spirit, not your flesh. He will lead you to God, not to sin. I like this one anonymous quote that says, The man who loves Jesus will respect you. He'll pursue you and treasure you. He won't pressure you or control you, but gently walk beside you and lead you. He will appreciate you as the gift of beauty you are and remind you of it. He will worship with you. He'll pray for you and pray with you. 
He will lead you with strong hands, stand up when you can't, but remind you that only God can satisfy. A guy who will truly respect you and lead you and be a godly father to your children will respect your boundaries in the here and now. There is a chasm difference between somebody who wants you and somebody who would do anything to keep you. Remember that. Then the right guy will love you for who you are. Ultimately, your future spouse is going to find out how you slouch, how you dance, how you can be hyper at times, how cranky you get when you're tired, and how you think you look bad in all of your photos. The right guy is going to know everything about you. And you know what? He's still going to love you. The right guy will love you in ways other men didn't. Someone who will look at you the same way you look at the stars. His eyes will show you how much they love you without a single word. The right guy is someone who wouldn't mind waking up with you in the morning, seeing you in wrinkles in your gray hair, and still falling in love with you all over again. The right guy also won't be afraid of your insanity. His love will roar louder than your demons. He will understand the worst of you and fall in love with your scars because they helped make you who you are today. While the wrong one may find you in peace and leave you in pieces, the right one will find you in pieces and lead you to peace. Next point, the right guy will bring peace to your busy mind. The right guy will bring you comfort naturally. He will be someone who is home and an adventure all at the same time. You will be able to talk to the right guy like you talk to yourself. You will cover every topic under the moon, even the ones you're uncomfortable addressing, but it'll be okay with him because the two of you will see eye to eye on the principles that matter. Marry the guy who will play with your hair, won't mind holding your cold hands, will go on long walks with you, is serious but also knows how to have fun, makes you laugh, will join in your random bursts of song, lets his inner child out sometimes, isn't afraid to be himself, will stand up for what he believes in, will stand up for you and protect you. There's a reason why BF stands for boyfriend and best friend, because they should be one and the same. Next point, the right guy will make you fall more in love with Christ. The only thing any of us truly need is Christ. So you should be looking for the characteristics of God in potential suitors and marry the one who brings out your truest identity in Christ. Gemma Toy once said, whatever makes you feel the sun from inside and out, chase that. I love that quote in general, but I like kind of putting a little spin on it and capitalizing the S in sun and changing the word sun where she was talking about the celestial body sun that heats the earth, where I like changing it to like son of God, whatever makes you feel Jesus, whatever makes you truly fall in love with Jesus, chase that. The greatest thing a man can do for a woman is to lead her closer to God. So do not settle for a guy who does not prioritize his relationship with God. There's a big difference between a guy who goes to church with you once a week and a man who encourages your walk with Christ on a daily basis. Next point, he won't be perfect. A common misconception in today's world is that we are good at our core. This is not the case. Look at Romans 3, 9 through 20. We are broken people living in a fallen world. My dad likes to use the illustration that every single one of us comes from the dinged and dented part of the store, which always makes a crowd of married couples laugh because they have found this to be true in their years of marriage. To quote Bob Marley, the truth is everyone is going to hurt you. You just got to find the ones worth suffering for. My dad also has described marriage as two sinners in a box. 
Inevitably, something will break down and the fairy tale feeling of getting married will slip away. As Paul promises in 1 Corinthians 7.28, those who marry will have worldly troubles. Because of this, because relationships are by default inevitably going to have problems, you shouldn't marry someone before you have a genuine fight with them because marriage isn't about finding a perfect someone, but someone whose problem-solving abilities complement and work well with yours. My dad has written a marriage book in which he says, a person whose primary goal is to glorify God has a great backup plan. He will be a repenting person. It's not about who sins the least. It's about who's willing to grow and change. A man who is honest with you and real with you is more important than someone who just appears to be perfect. I like this long but really good quote by Bob Marley where he says, He's not perfect. You aren't either. And the two of you will never be perfect. But if he can make you laugh at least once, causes you to think twice, and if he admits to being human and making mistakes, hold on to him and give him the most you can. He isn't going to quote poetry, he's not thinking about you every moment, but he will give you a part of him that he knows you could break. Don't hurt him, don't change him, and don't expect more than he can give. Don't analyze, smile when he makes you happy, yell at him when he makes you mad, and miss him when he's not there. Love hard when there is love to be had, because perfect guys don't exist, but there's always one guy that is perfect for you. And then last, but certainly not least, the right guy will be right for you. Although you do not need another human to complete you, your future spouse should compliment you. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27, where it's talking about how each person is a different part of a body in the greater coalition of people. We all have different skill sets and passions and strengths. Where you are strong, you can help me where I am weak. And where I am strong, I can help you where you are weak. People are meant to be a puzzle to fit in where others lack. And so where this spills over into marriage is that a future husband should fill in where you lack. So you need to know yourself before you could possibly know what you need in a spouse. However, please don't rest on the acquisition of completing self-awareness before you find or pick or decide to get married because you will never come to understand the complexities of your soul as I will never come to understand the complexities of mine. If you try to fix yourself fixed before you get married, you will never get married. Because perfection, completion, 100% conforming to Christ's likeness is not going to happen until we're in heaven. So it's about the person who's growing, who's trying, who understands that they often fail and often mess up, but they are a repenting person who acknowledges mistakes when they happen and does their best to turn around and become a better person, better father, better husband, better friend because of that. Ultimately, your purpose is to point others to Christ. So you should only marry if being with him helps you display Christ's love for the church more effectively than you could by yourself. As my dad also wrote in his marriage book, because Eve was made in the image of God and without sin, she did not need Adam's love because there was nothing wrong with her either. She needed Adam for the same reason Adam needed her to more efficiently image the one who created her. Trying to find Mr. Right for you can seem hopeless and be like, wow, you just spent this entire podcast listing off all these characteristics. 
as the song goes, like, where do all the good boys go to? It can seem in today's world and society today that these seemingly fairy tale like attributes that I've just spent this podcast describing may seem far-fetched, but I know guys who possess them. Caleb Russo, Christian Bolton, Luke Black, Matthew LaPena, Nathan Sigman. They exist. I know a couple of them. And if ratios are right, if I know a few of them, there are a lot more out in the world today. So don't get bogged down or depressed or hopeless. If marriage is within God's will for you, your future spouse will come along. Prayers don't have expiration dates. If God is making you wait longer than expected, be prepared to receive more than you dreamed of.